raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. The 2 o'clock hour on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Got some text to get to and get to yours as well if you want to text in at 704-570-9610. 724 from Pennsylvania wrote in. There were a lot of teams with bad offensive lines learning new systems this weekend with new and different quarterbacks. Yeah, and I didn't watch intently like I did with the Carolina Panthers game. But Wes, did it seem to you like there was some bad offensive line play all across the board this year? Or yeah, at least and in I preseason mean, one? They've been talking about how that has been going down for the last few years as yeah. far as just continuity with lines, lack of being able to practice with physicality on a regular basis, that type of stuff hurts offensive lines. So, yeah, they, they've been talking about how offensive line play uh, has been on the decline for the last few seasons. Well, and, and so I like that text from Pennsylvania, but it, it also kind of emboldens your stance if you're not too worried about this offensive line moving forward because there were a lot of bad offensive lines and certainly some bad offensive line play. Especially, let's remember, that training camp, at least at Wofford, it's a little bit shorter than it used to be. Yes. So you're not getting as much time. You're talking about how many weeks of padded practice, like two? Yeah. That's about it, right? You had the one joint practice. You didn't get two joint practices, remember, because it got rained out. And so, yeah, the Jets offensive. By the way, Jets offensive line, also not good. Zach Wilson got the ball out of his hands quickly, had some some receptions that he was able to hook up with. But you're talking about three points. And when it was all said and done, then Tim Boyle comes in and they're able to put some points on the board. You get the idea. But I don't think anybody would say the offensive line looked great for the Jets either. Amari Barno goes right past their left tackle right now in Mekhi Becton. They try to bring a guard over to help with the Barno, but too fast. And he squeezes through that double team and he's able to get home. That was good. Like this is, if we wanted to go with biggest positive surprises, Wes, is Amari Barno in the running for you? And does he take that award for you? If you're just saying, Hey, that's the biggest surprise that I left feeling good about watching preseason game. Number one, I think that he got in and definitely took advantage of the situation when he got that sack with him. It's just going to come down to consistency. So that's the thing I looked at. I was like, okay, things opened up for him. He was able to get through there, make a play to get a sack. He split the double team, which was quite impressive. But the thing is, can he continue to stack uh, something like that together? Can he continue to make at least one flash play in each of these games to solidify himself among the backup pass rushers? That's what I'm looking for. So, yes, it was a nice surprise. It was nice uh, for him to go in there and make a play like that, but can he consistently make those football plays? Because that, I mean, that makes a difference in guys making rosters, becoming good players, and things of that nature, man. It's like, yeah, it's cool you got a, a nice play here, but when your resume doesn't have much else to it, you've got to continue to do that and show that you're developing. It, it was nice, though, because they didn't have any pass rushers out there that you feel good about right now. Yes. I mean, YGM is the one that's played the most snaps because, again, Haynes, Justin Houston, Brian Burns, nobody was out there. Although, I wonder how many people got confused, at least for a second or two, when they saw 53, and I thought uh-huh. Brian Burns immediately. <laughs> it's like, come on, Brian. Oh, wait, no, that's Dion. Right. That's my fault. I keep, yeah, it's zero. It's zero for Brian Burns. Ooh, Dion Jones didn't play well. And he had a good camp, but missed a couple tackles, only played, what, 10 snaps? 
I thought he looked pretty bad, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's the thing, too, man. You, The things that you read about these guys, the narratives, I mean, it's a reason why that he was available as late in the process as he was. The things that they said that was lacking last year, we started to see uh, some of those in this game as well. There's a reason that he will be a backup linebacker. So, yeah, played 10 snaps, 14% if you want to go by percentage. Didn't miss a couple tackles. It was one of the lower-graded Carolina Panthers if you care about pro football focus. There was one play where I think it's Michael Carter who gets the run up the middle and just dances too much, and then Michael Carter able to move past, and Jones doesn't wrap up. Although, again, we're talking about someone that has not been a part of this team very long, right? Alongside Justin Houston, Houston doesn't play, so there's nothing to criticize for him. Correct. Deion Jones does, and so now there is. I'm willing to give him some time. I'm not saying, oh, we got to cut him. Just didn't look good. Flat out did not look good against the New York Jets. Amari Barno would be one of my biggest positives, Wes. I don't want to say surprise, but man, if we're going to point towards cornerback, and say that is a big old concern because of the health, and I know Dante Jackson, there's a 50-50 opinion on him. I liked what I saw from him. McCall Hardman is a fast wide receiver. I don't know if anybody's calling him a Pro Bowl level receiver. Not that, but very fast. And Dante showed some great closeout speed and was able to bat that ball away. Now that play would be called back because there was tripping, but it didn't affect what Dante did. And so... That's a good play from Dante. You're also talking about a target towards Alan Lazar, Dante Jackson in coverage. Nothing there, so Zach Wilson has to throw it out of bounds, and that's what led to a field goal rather than continuing to move the chains for the New York Jets. Like what we got from Dante Jackson, and I told you about Kamu Gruje Hill. Man, flying to the ball, along with Shaq Thompson. I thought Shaq Thompson showed up in the few snaps that he played. If you look at how many he played he in total. passed a running back one time on a blitz. Yes. I was like, goodness. 13 snaps for Shaq Thompson, 18%. So, Shaq Thompson, Kamu Gruje Hill. Really liked what I got from both of those linebackers. Yeah. I mean, you have to be excited about that. We've talked about how this linebacker crew looks to be one of the strong points on this team when you talk about from a talent and depth uh, perception. So you have to be excited about that. There's no doubt. Um, nobody really impressed with what Jamie Robinson showed in this game. Yeah, I was a little disappointed by that. I, I, I didn't like that. Yeah, so Jamie Robinson, I've got the snap count in front of me right here, trying to find it, scrolling more towards the top played the second most amount tied with Keith Taylor and Sam Franklin at 33 total snaps, just under 50%. The only guy that got more snaps was Kobe Jones. That was it. Ray John Wright, though, you were looking at PFF and you thought you were, uh, you were maybe not vindicated, but it had not been the greatest of reports <laughs> a, out of camp. That's a good sign. Yeah, you know, good sign. got a 70 defensive grade on the day, played 16 snaps on the afternoon, had a tackle. So, you know, for Rajon Wright, we'll see if he continues to develop. He had five coverage snaps in which he got a 63.7 uh, coverage grade. So we'll, we'll see what he does. So Derek Brown, pretty clearly a winner here, too. I thought you showed he was one of the higher graded guys. And you could see him you know, besides the neutral zone infraction uh, that allowed them to move up a little bit. It was all they had already moved back from the tripping incident. So they get up five yards. I think it's first and 20 after that neutral zone infraction. But Derek Brown looked good, which I like. All right, we expect big things from you. Let's hit the ground running. That's exactly what you did. Okay, go show your dominance on the defensive line. Let's bring you to the sideline. All good from Derek Brown, especially again, Wes, not working with your three top pass rushers. I feel like that's not being talked enough. Yeah. I mean, no Brian Burns, who is a guy that the Panthers turned down two first-round picks and a second-rounder for, and it was offered, so clearly it's not just the Carolina Panthers that value him that way. Not on the field. 
No Justin Houston, one of the best pass rushers of the last decade. Yeah, he's 34, but he also flirted with 10 sacks last season. Oh, and Marquise Haynes, the guy that we think is the next best up, he didn't play either. So when we're talking about all these problems on the defensive line, or at least on the defensive side where they gave up 27 points, y'all, I mean, Haynes would be playing at least a little bit if he was healthy enough, right? Yeah, I think that's a big thing to note. They did not have their three best guys to get after the quarterback. Yeah, no doubt about it. Football is so situational, so it's no telling if those two guys play, how the Jets adjust to that, or how teams will adjust to both of these guys when they are out there. But it's certainly worthy of note when you see uh, him put up the numbers that he put up. And I'm talking about Zach Wilson, that those could have been altered severely had he had uh, the pass rush of one Justin Houston and um, Brian Burns out there to pester him. Well, and, and I don't need to see them a ton anyway, right? Like, we know what's, no. we know what's coming from them. Especially Justin Houston. But but this is, this is the reason I feel the need to bring it up. It's because everybody's pointing to that side of the ball and saying, oh, it's a big problem. They allowed 27. The defense wasn't good. Well, okay, again, they allowed three after they started to bring the starters out there. Okay, or bring them to the sideline, I should say. I, I wonder how much Marquise Haynes would play. You know, I don't even need to see a ton from him, but sure, because you might have to call on him a little bit more this year. Fine. You'll play him if he's healthy. I want to see YGM. I want to see Amari Barno go out there and rush the passer. It doesn't mean I expect them to be amazing right now. Barno's a second-year guy that was a late-round draft pick, and the reason you took a flyer on him is because he's a freak athlete. A little small, but you took him because he's a freak athlete, and now he's... It's not crazy to think, oh, okay, he's flashing as a second-year guy that was drafted, what, sixth round? Yeah, let's give him that opportunity. But at the same time, we can't point to the defense, say they allowed 27 points to a Jets team that had Zach Wilson as the quarterback, and he's not been good in the regular season. When it's his third preseason, and it's his second game this preseason, there were some things working for the Jets in that way. It doesn't mean I'm okay with the way they performed, but there are some things as to why I'm not panicking going forward, getting close to the regular season. Yeah, I mean, there are going to be a, a lot of caveats to take away from this game, right? Like you said, who's in the game, when situationally, but do you look at maybe the the performance being reflective of the depth, perhaps? Like, do you look at that and say, man, you know, in any NFL team, salary cap, we know it's hard to put together the perfect team. That's not going to happen. But we have praised the depth that some positions did. Does a performance like that in the preseason, really for any team, um, do you look at that and say, well, maybe the depth isn't what we thought? Defensively or offensively? Just both? on either side. Like if you come out and have a performance like that, especially late in the game when they really started to separate, are you like, okay, well, maybe the depth isn't where it needs to be, but the starters, when they're in the game, it's going to make a tremendous difference. Offensive line, probably. Yeah, I mean, if if you are struggling to find who can roll in there with Austin Corbett out, Chandler Zavala not there still, I thought Cade Mays would play better than he did. And that was someone I think people are high on to be a depth piece, but didn't work out with him going over there at right guard. So maybe that's the depth piece I'm looking at. But, okay, so when we talk about depth, right, mm-hmm. what can happen is you can bring in your, I don't know, third string linebacker. If your second guy, if your first guy is Shaq, your second is Frankie Louvu, vice versa, however you want to dictate it. Kamu Gruje Hill is depth, right? I mean, he's not starting. So he can come in. And now when Frankie Louvu and Shaq Thompson are on the sideline and you have Gruje Hill starting, well, okay, just because we think we have good depth, does that mean we want Gruje Hill to start? And then you're bringing in Brandon Smith, who did not look good again. 
So then it's we kill the depth for having your third and fourth stringers out there. Right. And it's like, oh, now there's a big problem. Y'all, does any team feel good about their third and fourth string linebacker going out there? Yes, I understand they're playing against backups, but now I'll bring you back to a comment from George Shahri, who joined us last week. When you are playing offense, you can dictate a little bit more to your strengths, especially with an experienced quarterback like Zach Wilson out there. Uh, yeah, Matt Corral is someone who hadn't played in a long time. I, look, it doesn't mean that it's okay the way they performed. I'm just not going to worry about, oh, the you know the sky is falling. Come week one against the Falcons, it's going to be so poor. That That's what I will not allow myself to get to. Yeah, and I'm when, and just to close out, when you talk about the depth, too, you know, when you put these guys in situations and games, they're going to be amongst other quality players. So it's not like they're going to be in there with everybody from the third string or the fourth string. Right. All right. I do want to get to some breaking news coming in here. Jamie, number one, troll people writing in. Terrace Marshall Jr. was carted off the field at practice today. Right now, I can't get any reason as to why. We have a couple of people that cover the Carolina Panthers discussing how they don't understand why yet that he was just carted off the practice. And so we'll keep you updated on anything happening surrounding Terrace Marshall Jr. Adam Schefter picking that up. Mike K, Gabe McDonald, a bunch of people covering the team. Darren Gann as well, who works for the team. So we'll let you know what's going on with Terrace Marshall. We'll also bring you the live wire coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 W. UFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Couple more segments to go on Wes and Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Don't know how people are uh, okay today with that performance. A lot of people aren't. How okay are you? What is your number on the panic meter? I yep. want one and a half. Tell them to check it out on the socials, man. We've got the question of the day for you, and you can vote with the poll. Let us know how you are feeling on the WFNZ Twitter page and the Wesson Walker show page. Let us know. Vote on the polls. Fiddy, how are you doing after the Jets getting to see your favorite team take on the Panthers? Are you feeling pretty good? Panic meter all at a zero after watching your boy Zach Wilson take up for your boy Aaron Rodgers who didn't play because they're not going to play that guy at least this early in preseason. Yeah. Your guys look good. 27 to nothing, Fiddy. No, no, they they definitely did. And I was thinking about this, or I was, I was telling Willie this as we were walking back to the car after a post game on Saturday. Doesn't the preseason, like, if, if it means a lot to any team, doesn't it mean a lot to the Jets? Because they've got to come out like you're on hard knocks. They've got two divisional games out of the shoot. There's Super Bowl expectations. Like, they've got to set the tone now. And so I do feel like they're probably putting more into this than most teams are in a normal preseason. Wes, you like conspiracy theories. You like that conspiracy? Is that hard? Conspiracy theory? No. Well, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm I'm buying into it. You took great umbrage with that comment. That's a big word for you. No, it's a big word for you. (laughs) (laughs) I think you think umbrage is the professor in Harry Potter in Order of the Phoenix. That's what you think umbrage is. What I really mean is that you took great uh, offense to it. But my question is, do you agree with that? Because I can see it. 
I'm not hating on it. Nah. I mean, hard knocks, making it turn up the volume just a little bit on practice and preseason. We got to go out here and win and make sure that we're putting on for the people watching on HBO. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I would say no. I I don't think so. I think that the Jets just came out and they you know played a good game against a Panthers team that wasn't trying to show too much, and it just turned out how it turned out. Wait, I, you were trying to sell to us about the speculation that Icky might be feeling the pressure blocking for Bryce, and now I'm trying to put the pressure on the Jets for performing on hard knocks, you think it's completely different? You don't think that there's any pressure for the Jets? Uh, I mean, I could I could see that. I think it's plausible. I'll say right, that. Does to, that make it happy? It's plausible, but as far as do I really think that they are, I would say no, but it is plausible. There you go. Right. Riding the fence. There you go. How much pressure should we put on Fiddy to nail this live wire? Like, just to set the tone. All of it. At, I'm, all right. My panic meter, it's at a complete zero. I have that much confidence that Fiddy is about to just destroy this live wire. Don't make a fool of me, Fiddy. Go ahead and just kill it. <laughs> live wires on the team. And already a bad start. Respect awesome. for they realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. The west. Up north to the down south. Live wires um, all right, before we get to the sound, I was thinking about this over the weekend, watching the preseason uh, game right here in Carolina, and I watched a lot of preseason football around the NFL. Is Robert Sala the coach you would least like to get into a fight with? He's one of them. Because yeah. that dude is, that dude tripped. Yeah, do you have an answer for this, or do you care what coach you get in a fight with, Wes? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about it. I was trying to cycle through all of the coaches in the NFL because Robert Sala, he's got such a great demeanor. He seems like such a nice guy, but I guess as far as just physically, uh, Mike Vrabel will probably be my answer. top vote because an ex-linebacker, he's a tough guy. You're going to have to really beat the hell out of Mike Vrabel if you want to uh, beat him, I feel like. It's a great answer. I'll <laughs> also put D'Amico Ryans into the mix. Yes. Yes. D'Amico Ryans, well. Mike Vrabel. Mike Tomlin has weird old man strength fear for me. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the guy just never loses. He's yeah. never had a losing season in his life. Well, so. there, there's nobody that's going to come out of their corner like Mike Tomlin with that scowl looking at you. Immediately, he gets the advantage because of Intensity. his eyes wide He's going to bring it. No, thank you. I'm good. Mike Tomlin, he can have all that. I don't want no smoke. Okay, so what coach would you least or would you most like to fight? Because I still think the answer is Sean Payton. And I've got an immediate answer. Here. Because, and I don't know how much of y'all watched him over the weekend. That guy, outside of looking just dumb in general, looks really stupid in Bronco Oh, uh, Reverend Herbaceous also with hmm. a great... Dan Campbell, of course. Of course, oh, Dan yeah. Campbell is up there. We just, we just came up with a top five or a Mount Rushmore. It doesn't mean I want to fight him. Sean Payton is the number one answer for somebody you might want to fight. Yeah. I mean, we're just like, look, I don't care if I get beat. I want to get my good punches in. But Mike McDaniel is probably the one you feel the best about. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to fight him. I love him. Yeah. Kyle, I want him to coach my team. Kyle Shanahan, and sometimes I do want to fight Kyle Shanahan. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would still take Mike McDaniel. The, the coaching tree, do you think that you are not allowed to be able to fight if you come from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree? Because we have Mike McDaniel now that was with him in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan himself. Yeah, by the way, I don't. I would love to have these guys as my head coach. I would actively not fight them if it meant that they could be my head See, coach. Mike McDaniel kind of strikes me as a guy that if you press his buttons a little too much, you might see a different side of him because he's in decent shape. He's not a, a pipsqueak but out there. I'm going there. for small. He's the smallest coach I know. Oh, so you're a bully because you're like 6'3". If I am going to fight with a football <laughs> coach, I want the smallest oh, one there. Shane Steichen. He's probably my number one that I would want to fight. He gets on my nerves so bad. His little, uh, not Shane Steichen, um, 
I thought it might be my boy from the Gannon? Eagles. Oh. John Gannon or no. oh, oh God. Nick Sirianni. Oh, oh, yes. Nick Sirianni. Yes, Lord. I want to <laughs> shove a cheesesteak and shut him up. You ain't lying. I'm glad you I'm stopped. With you 100%. I, that was a good call. I want to shove a cheesesteak, and then you didn't. You didn't say where <laughs> you want to shove it, and then you said. Well, I said I wanted I, to shove him. I wanted to shut him up, so you could have. Imagine where I wanted to put the cheesesteak. I, I know, but with you, I, I actually don't know where you're <laughs> going to put that cheesesteak. Let's move on very quickly, shall we? What thing do you have first for us in the live All right, let's get to some actual good sound that I I really worked hard pulling this morning. So earlier this morning, James Harden was uh, at a camp, a speaking engagement. We don't know where James Harden actually was. It looked like a camp. I'll get drum on it. But he was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he went on record talking about the GM of the 76ers, Daryl Morey, and he called him a liar. And in the same soundbite, he doubled down on it. Uh, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Walker, I asked you this during the break, and I hope you didn't look for it during the break. Have you seen the quote out of the athletic article about this where the distrust with him and Maury began? No, I didn't see it. Enlighten me. So undoubtedly, when he first got to Philadelphia, they had set aside what they called Pizza Fridays, where every Friday they were going to meet and have pizza. And it lasted for about a month. And then it just never seemed to happen consistently. And that's where the distrust for James Harden and Daryl Maury began was over not having lunches, and uh, next time I ask you out for a beer and you say no, just imagine that distrust. It's being built right there. <laughs> There's going to wow. be a clip on social media of Fiddy saying, I do not want to work on a radio show that Walker's <laughs> a part of. Again, I repeat, I do not want to work on a radio show Walker's a part of ever again. And it all started with our beer problems, just like it started with pizza problems between Daryl Morey and James Harden. Perhaps... The other thing I heard about with Daryl promising him he would give him money after Harden denied an extension that would allow him to gain more in the short term, but then it looked like Daryl Morey promised him more money in the long term. Well, then that eventually did not happen, and that's why I think James Harden is really frustrated with the current GM of the 76ers. What do you make of the soundbite from James Harden? Yeah, I think it's very interesting, and so now I want to see where it goes from here. I mean, we know James Harden has a knack for forcing himself out of situations, and now he's you know, talking trash about Daryl Morey, man. It's the hottest thing going at this very second when you talk about in sports media. So uh, James Harden always making the highlights one way or another. Yeah, everybody has talked about how he's going to be eating plenty of pizza now in order to just completely tank whatever team he gets traded to because now it's not going to be the Clippers. Right. That's the highest on his wish list. Now, I'm sorry. Hey, we might be talking about him here in Charlotte. And he's not going to want to play here. Detroit. You know, maybe at Detroit. He's like, look, man, oh, he's going to be turning over the basketball a lot, and he's going to be a little hefty coming into the regular season. <laughs> What's next, Vinny? You know if he gets up, it becomes a horn, and the fat suit Harden will, will reappear. Immediately. I'm kind of cheering for that. <laughs> um, so over the weekend, the NBA inducted their 2023 Hall of Fame class, including current Spurs head coach Greg Popovich who shared a, a story about how he visited uh, UNC and Coach Smith, and that really helped him grow and develop as a coach? To answer your question, while I was there, I'd watch Coach Smith, and that's where I learned uh, how to keep in touch with people. And I think most people who've coached for a while uh, know those stories about Coach Smith where he kept track of everybody. Uh, 
players, friends, acquaintances. He'd write handwritten notes to people. He'd want to find out how they're doing, how their kids are. And he, he had lists of that sort of thing. And uh, he kept up with that so that he was uh, aware of everybody that had gone through the program and that kind of thing. And that's where I picked that up. So does this mean that Carolina basketball can now lay claim to having the best basketball player of all time? Two college basketball head coaches on the Mount Rushmore and maybe arguably the best NBA coach of all time. Are you going to start referring to it as Carolina blue now, Wes, instead of Euler blue because of all of the success in basketball that they've had? No, I'll call it sky blue or Houston Oilers blue. Okay. And, um, yeah, I figured that was why this was in here anyway for Fitty to be able to get in some uh, UNC boasting. What I will say, I'll defend this a little bit. Thank okay. you. This is cool to me. Because I had never heard this story before. Me neither. I would consider, I mean, Greg Popovich is on the um, Mount Rushmore of best NBA coaches of all time. I would put him up there with what he's done with the Spurs, especially in that market. This guy made Boris Diaw and Danny Green, at least for like a couple of games, a possible finals MVP candidate. We couldn't get him to do anything here in Charlotte after, you know, his first season. Anyways, yeah, Greg Popovich telling you while he was on sabbatical and then he was learning some things from Dean Smith to make sure you take care of the people part of this business where if you just missed the first clip to lead off the live wire, maybe Daryl Morey should have spent some time with Dean Smith forgetting about the people part, even with James Harden's troubles history. And we know about Daryl Morey all only caring about the advanced stats and not the people part of it. Dean Smith, the guy that gave $100 to every single player after he passed away because of the relationship that he had with anybody that donned the Tar Heel Blue. Yeah, man. Like, Dean Smith is one of those guys that you could hear story after story after story on how not only great of a basketball coach he was, but how great of a human he was. Every every time you hear anybody talk about Dean Smith, it's something that just enlightens you a little more into just how he operated as a human being. And he that touched means a so lot. many people, though. I have to give him his yeah. credit, man. He he was one of the most influential coaches of all time. You can't argue it. Like, happy Fitty. There you go. You got some com- uh, compliments from Wes. It's a. Are you crying? It's an August miracle that that Wes can compliment Carolina, but he'll be doing that a lot this upcoming football and basketball season. No, I had to throw a shot in there after he gave you a compliment. So we've talked <laughs> a lot of conference realignment this off season as the college football season is officially right around the quarter corner. And a lot of talk is around Notre Dame. Well, Heather Denich, a friend of the show, she joined Get Up to talk about how Notre Dame, while they're not joining a conference anytime soon, but if they do, it should be the Big Ten. Notre Dame has reiterated its clinging to independence. And Jack Swarbrick has also said repeatedly, including again this morning, that there are three things that could change that. That's loss of a broadcast partner, which isn't happening anytime soon, obviously. Um, Not a suitable home for the Olympic sports, also not on the horizon. And then also not a fair route to the college football playoff or the postseason, also not happening anytime soon. So nothing would surprise me more in all of this realignment mess than to see Notre Dame relinquish its independence, particularly to the Big Ten. Because if we're being honest, that's where Notre Dame belongs. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I remember the Big Ten talking about Notre Dame, Penn State, and all those things. But the reality is they would have to pay the exit fee to get out of there and relinquish that contract. A lot of, lot of hoops. 
What do you think about that comment, Wes? I think that if Notre Dame did go somewhere else, I know the ACC would be very upset about that. I feel like that they should go to the ACC, obviously, for reasons that uh, we all know. But uh, if they are to relinquish that independence, but also, too, with the big conferences, uh, Notre Dame to the Big Ten does make a lot of sense as well. And so that's going to be another interesting aspect to see. Can they make more money in a conference than they've made uh, independently on football because we know that's the reason why they haven't relinquished that independence. Yeah, we know Notre Dame is the thing that if they were to, if that was the program, because they're a part of the ACC and everything else, so if they were to join with their football program now counting towards the ACC, that would be a monster boost towards the conference life and the value. And that is the thing that everybody is holding on hope to, but Notre Dame has never given any indication that they want to be anything other than independent and continue to reap in the benefits that is that NBC contract that they have. Now, I know with the ACC network, you had the rights to Ace, you had the rights to Notre Dame if they ever do decide to join a conference. It has to be the ACC, but they're not going to do it right now. And yeah, she's speaking geographically. Because, totally, you have two teams already in Indiana that are both in the Big Ten and Purdue in Indiana. So Notre Dame would make the most sense to go to the Big Ten. But, hey, we don't care about geography anymore. All we care about is money. Geography's out the window, okay? Like, now that the Big Ten went all the way to Nebraska, and that was just the beginning stages of how west they were about to go. Yeah, yeah, man. Sorry, Heather. Uh, Notre Dame is ours, and we're going to hold on to it as much as we possibly can. We want them to be ours, at least in football, like they are in a lot of other sports. Yeah, because whenever I think of the ACC, if, I mean, if you don't think of South Bend, Indiana, then you're just thinking of it all wrong. Oh, right there on the coast, the Atlantic coast, South Bend, Indiana, baby. All right, last piece of sound I have for you guys. Uh, Walk, remember back during Charlotte Team Week, Biff Pogey made his uh, show debut, and y'all – Y'all bonded over your love of ice cream. The Hagen Dazs Hog Mollies. So he taught he joined Chevrolet Sports Night and the head coach of Charlotte Football says they need ice cream after every football practice. It's a good group, good group. But you know, here's the problem. We need a freaking ice cream company in this town to bring out and comp us with ice cream every day during camp. Well, I, hey, I don't care who you I'm agnostic, man. I'm agnostic. Just ice cream and a lot of it. And that's that would be good for us. Wait a minute. Can we take responsibility for this hitting the mainstream? What did we talk about in our interview? Getting a company to sponsor some kind of ice cream ploy for them. I want this. I want the Hog and Dawes Hog Mollies to be a real thing. I want that for Biff Pogey and that football team. I saw this on Twitter too. Apparently, like a Coca Cola vendor around here or something like that was willing to dish out some ice cream for him after every practice or at least once. Man, I feel like we got this thing off of the ground. I love ice cream. I love Charlotte football. To see them both come together, it's a perfect world for me. And now I feel like we need to take ownership of this. Hey, man, that would be great for those kids. I'm sure that they will be excited about that. My thing is, too, I mean, how much more stuff are these kids going to get? They get NIL now. They get all types of stuff. I'm definitely <laughs> on the old man on the yard type of deal. Now you get ice cream after every practice. What about after a bad practice? Are you still going to get ice cream? It was like Johnny Manziel said in the documentary, <laughs> except it's with ice cream. Win or lose, we booze. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. <laughs> Win or lose, we eat ice cream. And that's the motto I want Biff Pogey to live by. Yeah, I, man. I just wanted to ask, can we start having ice cream after every show? You know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm going to be one fat Walker male, just like he was down in seventh grade. That'll do it for the live wire. We have more from the Josh Fitty Marlowe here on the last Fitty Flash of the day. Continue with the updates, Fitty. Let's uh, hear what you got. All right, guys, we're just going to kind of set the scene for the MLB slate uh, tonight. A big series down in Miami. They host the Houston Astros. They took two of three from the Yankees over the weekend. Speaking of the Yankees, they're in Atlanta tonight to kick off a three-game set, which could really end the Yankees season if they lose another series. And I'll go ahead and tease tomorrow's visit to the mound. Ooh, do it. Um, the Atlanta Braves are on pace to threaten the all-time record for most home runs in a regular season. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, and then you've got the Rays and the Giants, a big series out west, and the Angels and the Rangers. So we're in August. We're about a month and a half left in the season. These series are uh, getting more and more important. we got a great slate starting tonight. All right, two things. Casey Steve said, Biff's ice cream cheating on Walker. That's totally true. But if we're going to go along the question with what coach you would most like to get in a fight with, Biff Pogey is really low on that list. <laughs> so I don't want the smoke, Biff. I just want to <laughs> share a bowl of ice cream. That's all I'm asking for. It's Wes and Walker. One more segment to go. It's all coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wrapping up on Wesson Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Number one troll wrote in the Mount Rushmore basketball coaches all time. Bobby Lutz, Jeff Mullins, Alan Major, Ron Sanchez. I told him that's the list. That's it. Charlotte 49er head, football, uh, head basketball coaches. Remember my reign as a Charlotte 49er back in 1977 when we made the Final Four? As written up by Jarrett Spo- or Barrett Sports when we are uh, our show was announced and so i appreciate number one troll writing in the mount rushmore basketball list 704-570-9610 yeah casey steve as i mentioned biff's ice cream cheating on walker it's frustrating you know i just want people to anytime any ice cream is brought up i want to be involved in the conversation i enjoy it as much as anything out there that's all I asked for. What was the your churning buddies? Is that what it's called? Churn buddies. Churn buddies. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that is like the official ice cream of one West Bryant. These that days. it is, man. I love it. You know, supporting local Concord. They make the ice cream right there at the shop. Mm-hmm. So it is it is really good. Ice to... Bryant, West Bryant approved. Oh, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna have to stop by. Speaking of local, support local by 
listening and watching some high school football this year. It's back and it all gets started Thursday night with the 2023 high school football kickoff night powered by Ortho Carolina. Action begins at 515 with Cox Mill facing off against Weddington. And you can tune in to WFNZ at 8 p.m. to hear Independence versus Mallard Creek live from Memorial Stadium. Head to cltkickoffweekend.com for tickets and more information. Again, that's cltkickoffweekend.com. You excited about high school football season? Oh, no doubt about it, man. I'm definitely going to go out there and check out Providence Day on Saturday. I want to see what all the hype is with the crew. My man, David Sanders Jr., man. I know everybody wants to see the skill guys, but I want to see the big, nasty tackle that they got out there. I was talking about the Johnny Manziel documentary earlier. I know you were as well. Um, at least before we hopped on the mic. How about 75 touchdowns for Johnny Manziel? And we know how high school football is in Texas, but man, I mean, it is a different type of breed. I also showed my girlfriend Rand University. She had Mm. never seen that, the 30 for 30 on Randy Moss. And Randy was talking about how a monster deal it was to go to DuPont at the time, very different areas. He grew up in an area that was not like DuPont High School. But everybody went to go watch him and his buddies play. And high school football, man, it just hits different for a lot of people that grew up going there every single year to whatever high school you pull for. It's very exciting. I can't wait for the season to start, man. That's another one of those once you get in the – the stadiums and you smell the grass and the popcorn, you just get excited. Uh, K-Town Steve said, I just texted my friend who owns Churn Buddies and let him know how much we were bragging on his ice cream on the radio. I need to go try it out. Uh, when I, I need to. I will make my way out Come there. Come on up, man. Buddies. We'll go and uh, check it out together. We'll have a show night out. Oh, That'll be... be a little Wednesday night, maybe? Well, we're, we're supposed to be having beers tomorrow because you invited us, correct? And then so Wednesday, you want to have back-to-back nights out for the show. You know, Wednesday, I'm going to be sharing you with, you know, Shrop, Flown, Triple B is going to be out there. Like <laughs> Sharing me. <laughs> have, have, you know, it's not a show night. It's just a WFNZ night out, you know? So we're going to have a WFNZ night out tomorrow. And then you just want a Wesson Walker night out to go get ice cream on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm such a four-year-old. I'm not going to hate on it, though. After all the ice cream talk that I'll give you, I can't hate on it by any means. Are you going to go out and have some beers with us tomorrow night, Wes, or are you going to turn us down? Uh, I'll think about it. Mm, that's a that's, no. That's a no. <laughs> I mean, look, Not here, necessarily. There's just no excuse. We're going right when we get off the air. We're going right across the street. Yeah, so it's not night. It's just right after the show we're going to go over there. I mean, you never know. It, it could turn into an all-night thing. You never know when uh, when the producers get let loose. Yeah, the producers, they're crazy. I hear you on Charlotte Sports Today every once in a while. <laughs> now you're, bring, you're bringing in some other producers now. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary day, I would imagine. Like, I can imagine y'all getting pretty wild over there, drinking a couple beers. Just blowing off steam about how much you hate your host. Oh, you won't believe what Walker said today. Right. Run straight to the hell out of me. And then Bash Wes said up. something. And then Flounder gets in on the conversation. Oh, Mac and Bone drove me crazy. They <laughs> wouldn't get to break on time. I was trying to tell them, get to break, get to break. And they wouldn't do it. Now, that is accurate. And you guys just all share a beer after, you know, destroying us via whatever conversation you Sounded have. Sounded like a, a, a woman's book club where they sit around and bash <laughs> their husbands and boyfriends. Are you bashing your work husbands, Fitty? Is that what you're doing right now? It's been what? It's been, it's what, August? It's been eight months since we had our heart to heart. It's, I don't have really a whole lot to bash you <laughs> eight about. Eight months. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been have we seven. been going eight months? Barely, if we have. Well, no, we, show got put together in November, so we're going on what nine, and it took two months for me to frustrate you, and you had to go in there and, as you say, uh, put your foot down, you know, set the law. You brought this up. You've brought this up a couple times now. 
where we did have to have a conversation. You were just in a bad mood, and yeah. you've had, you've given us a good mood fitty for the most part the last couple of months. Well, I, I learned during that week that uh, here we go. I can't wait. You're not the most sympathetic being in the world. Like my favorite doll got put down, and I was like mourning my dog. And uh, you really you you want to go this far? <laughs> this is off the chain. <laughs> Are you really about to say that I was anything other than <laughs> understanding when your dog had to be put down? That is something I look, you know me, man. I am I love animals for as much as anybody here. I want to talk about animals. And you're gonna tell me that I was anything less than understanding? That's, you know what? I don't put about, that on me. I thought about you yesterday. Um was at lunch after church and some of my family members, I've told you they they have aquariums and stuff like that. I also learned my family, they're not very good fish keepers oh no like my one uncle allowed one of his fish while he was gone to um freeze to death <laughs> he just didn't have a heater in it <laughs> like have you have you ex have you ever frozen a fish I, walker uh, no i have no not. walker has never no. frozen, <laughs> frozen. <laughs> so, unless I, he's gonna eat it so i yeah i guess does he just leave the heat off I, I, this is what happens right I'm, I'm sure because he's leaving you don't need to turn on i mean i'll Wait, hold on. When did this happen? Because it can't happen during the summer because you, if you turn off the air conditioning, it's just going to get hot. Yeah, I don't know. He was just talking about how he – it must have been in the wintertime because he said when he came back, the water was like frozen and the fish was in there. And he wasn't – and the fish wasn't Captain America. You know, Captain America survived for being 70 years in the ice. <laughs> this fish did not. How did the whole – did the whole aquarium freeze? I guess the – I mean – this house just, had to be super cold. It's super cold. That's just, that's just leaving and saying, look, hopefully everything lives. I mean, going back to science class, the house had to be 32 degrees or colder. Yeah, or or just the fish froze to death because the water was like 40 degrees, and that fish was Ooh. not was not born to go anything colder than. Pro it's probably some tropical fish. And yeah, you got to put a heater in those aquariums, man, if you want to keep them alive. Yeah, so I was, I was thinking about you whenever they were talking about how they've killed fish left and right. I was like, "There's one man that yeah. would be heartbroken by SMH," as the kids say. AKA Aquaman. Oh, uh, was that the most interesting story that you had over the weekend with your family after you guys went out to eat? No. Did you see that waitress again? <laughs> we did. And um, you know, I was just kind of playing it very nonchalant, like not going to bring it up that I definitely hit on her. She rejected me again. Well, no, but like, oh, gotcha, you know, like okay. this happened before. And you so, should, go ahead. Yeah, she, so I, I, she took my drink order and everything was cool. When she came to take my food order, my my lovely Momo decided to just say, why aren't you talking to her? Just because she didn't want to give you her number doesn't mean you can't talk to her. Dang. And even the waitress goes, you're wrong for that. And I was just <laughs> like, thank you. Yeah. Like, you should have kept coming at her, man, and wear her down. Every time you see it, man, just keep just keep coming at it. Keep trying to get the number. Well, then, like, as we were leaving the restaurant, like, she tells us bye or whatever. My mom was like, I think she was flirting with you. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't say that if you embarrass me for the second time in a month. Yeah. Can't do it. Doesn't seem like Mama is putting you in a great light right now. But no. that's okay. But she is giving you some icebreakers that you can go in and have some conversation. All right, we'll give you an update on the next time that Fiddy <laughs> goes to this restaurant to see where he is on his quest to get a number at the family restaurant after church. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. Coming up next, it's the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.